Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Today, if we haven't met, my name is Dan, and I'm glad that I'm back this fall, and I'm excited about this series that we're doing today, and I, I would find for me, it's actually very personal, but just some of my experiences when I was doing my sabbatical that we're going to talk about, and I just felt led as coming back to talk about the, a series on the soul, and so that's what we're going to do today, and, I, and it kind of ties in, I think, in the season I find myself, maybe you do too, this September seems to be kind of a transitional month. You know, we're done with summer vacations and kids are back to school and maybe back to more of a, a normal work pattern for, for many of us, yet the weather's still good and so we're still kind of adjusting to, to life a little bit. As much as it was nice to have some rain the last couple of days and hopefully cleared some smoke out, um, I kind of like the summer still. I still like sunny weather. How about you? And so it's just kind of an interesting time, and, but I find that September is kind of a reset month. And in fact, today, if I can say, this is hopefully maybe a reset Sunday for you as we not only get back and attending maybe on a regular basis, but the opportunities are come and there's a, there's a pattern that's nice to be a little bit more in a routine. So I think this series I, hopefully will help you kind of, again, hit the reset a little bit more as we move forward. But when we talk about the soul, it's interesting when it comes to the soul and the question is, what does it mean to have a soul? Uh, you ask 10 different people, you're probably going to get 10 different answers of what, what this term soul is. We use it, we throw soul around in our language and culture all the time. I mean, we have soul music, we have you know, soul food, soul power. We have, like, I, I've never had soul food, but I, I heard that's pretty good. Uh, you know, businesses and sports teams, they'll talk about an individual player, member of their team is the, is the soul of the company. We, we think of souls being valuable, that you can lose your soul or you can sell your soul. You know, you see movies and books talk about selling their soul to the devil, right? That's pretty, that's pretty intense to do that. Uh, somebody actually tried to sell their soul on eBay a few years ago. Lori Ann, she actually listed her soul for $2,000 and, you know, no takers, apparently, um, and, and got shut down because eBay has this little rule. is like, whatever you sell, you actually have to deliver. It's kind of hard to give your soul that way. So weird, right? People but use this term all the time, soul. We, we, it, people drive. Maybe you drive a, a Kia Soul, right? Those are cool cars. Those are like one of the best-selling cars of millennials right now to, to drive those. When I, when I was a kid, okay, we didn't have cool cars. We had, in the 70s, we had a Rambler. That's what my parents drove. Didn't have a cool hip-hop, you know, hamster commercial. Remember that? I just, it's not the same, right? We speak of the eyes of the soul being uh, the wind, or the eyes being the window of the soul. Uh, if you have a strong connection with someone you love, you, you, you call them your, your soulmate. You know, church, we sing the song, bless the Lord, oh my soul. We don't sing, bless the Lord, oh myself. That would be weird, right? People... Talk about, you know, at the end of one's life, you know, they, they, there's, they say, you know, may God rest their soul. We, we go on and on how we, we use the term soul, but what does it really mean to have a soul? You know, we, what does that really mean? And, and mean? Are we a keeper of it? And 
it's kind of creepy that the song that we sang to our kids or your, your, your parents sang to you, do you, you know the song? It's kind of cute, but then it's kind of creepy at the same time. That, that, that little bedtime prayer, actually it's not a song, it's a prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I don't, have you really thought about that song? That's a creepy song. I don't know, maybe your neighborhood growing up, it was really rough. Like there's axe murder loose or something. You know, that pray my soul, you know, my, I don't die in the middle of the night. Right? That's kind of, you know, I was just picturing kids. Think about what we do with our kids. We, 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 we pray that prayer over them, and, and, and then they're, they're kind of freaked out a little bit. And then you kiss, them, you kiss them on the forehead and say, honey, don't let the bed bugs bite. So I got like my soul, I could get killed, and bugs will eat me, okay? Right? We, and you're thinking, how, why do we need counseling now in our, as adults? That's part of the reason, right? Think about it. So our soul, what does it mean to have a soul? How do we, what's the importance, what's the functionality, and where is our responsibility? So to set the tone, what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks is this. You're, you have sole responsibility for the care and the core of who you are. You have soul. You are the keeper of your own soul. You are, it's you. It's up to you. You have a responsibility to care for it. Now, how do we do that? Because the challenge is, first of all, we'll figure out kind of what a soul, having a soul, what's that about? How do we care for it? But one thing we all know is deep within us is very fragile. I don't care how tough and rough you think you are and how you put yourself out there. All of us would say that we have egos and they can be very fragile. We have either in life, really two ways have gone through life. We've been either loved dearly and cared for or we've been wounded and hurt. Love and hurt together make up who we are. And so for us to put our soul out there to talk about that, it's very tender. So I know that we're, when we get into this, we're, we're digging deep in. And so the reality is not only in our life experiences, the Bible describes the importance of caring for one's soul. So I want to take us back to kind of laying a little foundation for this by going to the beginning in creation, God lays out really, again, the foundation of the significance of our, of our soul. Bible says God created everything. And then he, in Genesis 2, 7 says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then man became a living being. Now, as you look at creation, God created with his voice. Let there be light. And there was light. And so all through creation. But then when he got to man, he did it differently. He reached down into the earth, picked up, formed and shaped, and then like CPR, breathed life into man. And the Bible says, then man became a living being. God's breath is what shaped and formed us. And that's what makes us have or have in us a living, we become living souls, different than the rest of all creation. And the word for soul, the living being actually, other translated soul, means this word nefesh in Hebrew, which means breath of life. Breath of life, literally breath of life. And scripture uses this in other places of high value of the soul. In Psalms, the, the ransom for a life, the nefesh, is 
costly. No payment is ever enough. What is it saying? The soul is the most valuable thing on this earth. There's nothing more valuable. You can't put a price on it. And then a direct command from Deuteronomy says, only take care and keep your soul. Only take care and keep your nephesh diligently. What is it saying? We, it's so important. The keeper of our soul is who that's our role that we have. And so God's saying, I breathe life in you. I made you. You are not to be self-sufficient, but soul-sufficient, depending on me. That's our responsibility to take care of that, to take care of the core of who we are. Now, the source of, of our soul is God, but how does the soul really function? That's what we we'll spend some time talking about. How does the soul really, what does that, what does that look like? I, I love Dallas Willard. He's a very smart theologian, wrote some incredible books that I have to read the sentences three times in a row to get the right understanding of it. And this is one of them, but I find it's profound. He says this, the soul is the aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and elivens everything going on in the various dimensions of our self. You kind of read that and go, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, break it down here a little bit. Think about an operating system of your computer. So if you have a PC, it's your Windows. If you have Apple, Mac, you're, what, are, what are we on, OS Sierra or something? I don't know, it changes all the time. But the operating system runs your applications. It runs the basic functions of your computer or your, your device that you're, you're, you're holding and now texting people right now with. Um, no, you're not dead. Um, but... You use that for communication and, and, and find that that's a vital source of, of help for you. But the problem is what happens is it, it can crash. It can glitch out and have problems along the way. And, and understanding that the operating system is usually the culprit to why that is. Something's not going right. And so our soul is like that operating system. It integrates everything that goes on. It's, it's the nerve center. Our soul is the nerve center of our, of our lives. And scripture, and specifically Jesus, expresses this when he talks about worshiping God. It says, uh, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. So there's aspects of us that we worship God. It doesn't say just love God, but love God in these ways. We love God with our heart, which is our, another word for our wills. That's our ambitions. That's, that's where we say yes and no uh, in, our, in our lives. It's, some of us have stronger wills than others. That's, that's who we are. Our, our mind, and back in the ancient day, they used mind as thoughts and feelings together. That's who, that's who we are. Or also, it's our, it's our strength, which is our physical bodies and actions. And so all those aspects, our soul runs those. All comes out. We're, we're soulish beings. And everything flows out. That's our operating system. But what happens along the way, there can be a crash. There can be problems internally within us, just like your computer has. I think we all have been held hostage to our computer at one point where you had an unsaved document that all of a sudden the hourglass or we've got this color wheel of death it spins. Have you had this? You know, and you're just like, oh no. I do. I force quit. Do I? You know, do I close? Shut down. Do what? What do I do? And you're like, ah, you know. And it's the same way. When things aren't right internally, there comes glitches, and there comes things get out, things get out of whack. And there has to be a time where 
You have to hit the reboot button. You have to reformat. You have to go back. And internally, that happens in our lives, emotionally, relationally, and especially spiritually. And what happens, and my kids uh, make fun of me sometimes when they grab my phone, I have like every app, app open on my phone. Like I never close them. Like they're all open. You go on my computer, all, I'm just opening, I'm just, I'm just crazy. I just open everything up. I just don't close things down. And pretty soon, everything's open in life in our lives. We, it's our business world. It's our, it's our, it's our you know, family environment. It's, it's our hobbies or this we're doing. We're just busy, 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 busy and doing all these things. And it's like we have every application open in our life. And at some point, enough is enough. It only, the load only can handle so much. And I find in running people all the time is they don't pay attention to what's going on in here. They have everything working and spinning out here, but they're not taking care of what's going on inwardly in their life. And as I shared last week about how we can, we can outpace ourselves, we can, our giftings and talent can actually outpace our character. And when that happens, eventually there's going to be a crash. But it takes sometimes a little bit because some of us are really good at what we do. And we know how to spin every plate. And we can have every application open in life. But sooner or later, our our public life will affect our private life. And what happens at that point is that we've got everything open. There's going to be a crash. There's going to be some integral structural issues, internal issues that will happen in our life. And it's because we have neglected our soul, the very, our processor of who we are. And integrity just begins to deteriorate. And I find this all the time where people... Even I've had people describe it this way. They, they, don't want to, they don't want to deal with something. So it's almost like they mark it in a storage Rubbermaid bin and they put it in their garage. They go, okay, this is my broken childhood. I'm going to stick this up on the shelf. I'm going to deal with that later. And then they come over here and go, oh, this mess and this person and that. I can't deal with them right now. You know what? I'm just going to put it in a little bin and I'm going to market that and I'm going to stick that up on the shelf. And then they got like this business and work and, and all that's going on, the chaos that's around me and my kids and all that's happening, this, this mess right here, I'm going to mark that. I'm going to stick that up there. I'm going to deal with that later. Well, sooner or later comes pretty quickly. And pretty soon, that box is talking to that box, and that box over here. And what we find is you can't compartmentize your life. This addiction over here, I will deal with that later. Guess what? It will rear its ugly head, and it will, again, affect every aspect of your life because we are to be whole beings. And yet, we're so good at segmenting, segmenting, segmenting. And it's going to, at some point, we're going to experience a crash. And at that point, we got to go, what are we going to do? My public world and my private world are going to have conflict. And when that happens, and I've seen it over and over again, when that happens, the neglect of one's soul, the consequences when it crashes are absolutely devastating, not only to you, but the people around you that love you and the people that you hurt. So deep down, if you and I, if we really, really want internal healing and true wholeness for our soul, we have to deal with our whole life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You just don't do part of it. You have to be, it's all together. It's all to be integrated. And that's why Dallas Willard's words, let me read, just 
part of it again makes more sense. The soul, the soul is the is the aspect of your whole being that correlates and integrates every aspect of your life. And so when Jesus came, he didn't come just to save our soul, but to make our soul whole. And he asked this question. He, people were challenging him about fo- what it means to follow. And he says, following him, he says this, what good w- will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So what's, what's the answer? Nothing. No. There's nothing in exchange. There's nothing more valuable than what is in here. Our very, very soul. So we need to stop and reflect, how healthy is my soul? Am I giving care and attention to the most important part of me? Now here's where... Some people think, I think they, they think they're spiritual, and I want to challenge you if you think this way uh, today, is people come along and they'll, they'll, just, they'll say, well, that's kind of selfish that I'm focusing on, on me. And I want to tell you that there's a difference between working on your soul and being selfish. Because some Christians can come along and go, well, you know what? I don't have time to deal with that. I'm so busy what I'm doing. I have so much. There's so many people I got to serve. I got, my, I got my family. I've got my spouse. I, I've got busy work that I've got to do. There's, people are counting on me. I can't, that's selfish of me. I mean, didn't Jesus say, deny your, you know, take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me? I mean, didn't he, didn't he tell us to do that? Like, I mean, there's sacrifice involved, right? That's how we give our lives to Jesus and what he's doing. That is true. But what did Jesus say before that we read? You could gain the whole world. You could serve everybody and do everything for everybody else and lose and forfeit your own soul. Caring for your soul is not selfish. In fact, it's the most selfless thing you can do because you're working on what's going on in here so that you can be even more effective out there. He said, what expense to lose your own soul? The soul of who you are, the soul of your marriage, the soul of your family, there's nothing. I tell you, well-meaning people, benevolent, sacrificial people, long lines, I find, end up being unbalanced and unhealthy. And that's why at Christ the King, we have this vision, this very, very simple vision, is to create a healthy sending movement. Now, you can't be sending, you can't be doing, doing all that you're doing without working on the health the core of who you are. So here's the question, is your soul whole? Is it whole? Do do you have balanced and healthy emotional, spiritual operating system? How are you doing with that right now? If you're finding things are glitching over here and things are falling apart over here and you're lacking some integrity in some areas, that can be a problem. See, what happens when we open all those windows is we start over-promising to people. We start taking, becoming overly responsible in areas of our life. We begin to extend ourselves in such a way that we feel like we just, there's no way we can actually, you know, cover that, but we keep doing it. We keep doing it. And what happens when we neglect our, what's inside of us, things begin to crumble. And that's why we need to take some evaluation. So today, just for the remaining minutes, I want to just talk about kind of diagnosing, a diagnostic of our own souls. You know, again, as a computer, you got your core processor, the core processor here, that we would take some time and then possibly do some debugging a little bit, do some reformatting, at least pointing out 
a diagnostic of what's going on and to identify that. And a way to do that is to look at our lives, is to look at this parable that Jesus shares with us in Scripture. That almost it brings us back full circle back to dirt. Actually talks about a parable of the soils. Just as God created us from the earth, here Jesus talks about us having, really, the soil is our, our souls, who we really are on the inside. And he starts off in Matthew 13, he talks about a farmer who went out to sow his seed. Back in the day, they just didn't always plant in rows, they scattered seed. And it says, as they were scattering seed, some, some fell among the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but the sun came and the plants were scorched. They withered because they have no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, which produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, as we look at this, our, soil, our souls are, are like the soils that Jesus is describing. The, the farmer's God... And the, the seed is God's truth. It's the gospel. It's the, it's the work of the teaching of what God wants us to have. And the, based on the condition of the soil, will determine whether there can be actual germination to take place. And so Jesus identifies. He identifies four conditions of our, of our soul. The first one is, is this. Is, it can be the hardened soul. The hardened soul. Jesus describes this person is like on a path and the seed landed, but the road was well-worn. So people trampled on it. Birds came and ate, uh, took it away before it can germinate. And he describes it this way. And anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now, picture these seeds being walked on, trampled on, birds stealing it. Have you ever felt stepped on? You ever felt like where people felt like they need to put you in their, in your place, right? And when that happens, sometimes it's maybe you needed it and that was part of growing in humility, but sometimes it's been humiliating and, and, and hurtful for you because they didn't do it quite right. And in fact, they shouldn't have done it at all. It just wasn't their place in the first place. And yet it brought so much pain, so much hurt. And what we find in our lives, and it's just part of our world, we can develop because of hurt in the past with victim mentality. And we don't want to allow anybody to get near us any longer. And so what we do emotionally is we put a protective shell around us. And we, don't, we can't let anybody in. And, and, and it's just because we've been hurt so much. And when we allow people to kind of get close to us, we'll do that for a while. And then all of a sudden we react and we can become defensive. And we just say, leave, us, leave me alone. Had this happen several years ago. And a person, and I'll make, emphasize, they came to me for help. And we're going to walk with this person for a while. And as we're diving a little bit deeper in their life, they began to kind of distance themselves. So they weren't responding to phone calls and emails and didn't, they missed appointments. They want to meet with me more. And so I continued just to reach out to them and shoot them a text message. Shoot, shoot, and I didn't hear anything for a while. Send another message. Hey, praying for you. And then the person responded back. You know when they respond back in bold, you know, big letters, you know, they're yelling at you, please leave me alone. If you continue to make contact with me, I am going to call the police and I'm going to put a restraining order on you. I'm like, I'm just trying to be your pastor. <laughs> what in the world, right? I'm like, 
Seriously, you wonder why I went on a sabbatical, right? Because I needed, you know, it's like, seriously, I'm just trying to help. Maybe you know people like that in your life. You're just trying to help them. Here's the thing. I want to be sensitive to those that have a hardened heart today. You might feel like you're not even sensitive to that. I want to be sensitive to you, that you might say, man, I, I have a tough time right now. I don't know if I can let people close. I've been hurt so much. I want you to know that we want to pray for you, and we'll pray for you that your heart will be softened. And there's others that we know in our life that if we continue to pray, God, soften their heart, soften their heart. That hard external shell, there's some hurt and some woundedness that's there. And what you know that we want to create a safe place for that. You can come and be a part and hear God's truth. But I hope you would pray for your own heart. God, soften my heart a little bit more so I can receive what you want to plant in me before I allow anything or anybody to rob me of it. There's no quick fixes to that. But if we were willing, God, crack open my heart just a little bit more so you can work. So the hard, hardened soul can be there, but also it's the, the shallow soul. The shallow soul. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I have this con- thinking there's conspiracy that our culture tries to keep everybody on the surface. That, in fact, superficiality, Richard Foster says, is the curse of this age. And he wrote that like 30 years ago. I'm like, I tell you, that's even more true today. We, are, we care more about our image on Instagram than we care about what's going on in here and what, who we really truly are, right? You know, some of you are going to go on uh, you've, or you've gone on tropical vacations and you show yourself on the beach and everything. We want you to know when we see those, we hate you. <laughs> no, we, we're actually, no, we're happy for you. We really are. I'm just kidding. We put, we put our best out there. When you're on the beach, you, you, you don't have your fat version picture. You have your skinny version, okay? We see your Photoshop work. No, I'm kidding. Um, but we put our best out there. It's just image. It's superficiality. And we get caught up in that so much. Our culture has replaced the word soul for self, and they're not the same. We can so focus on ourselves that we neglect our souls. What's going on below the surface? And it's the root issues of our life. And God made it very clear to, to matter that there is truth to be planted in us. This is so that can make sure the conditions are right. He says, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched. They withered because they did not have root. This is what he meant by it. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. How many know when life is caving in, when the storms of life, and we're praying for people you know, in Florida and Hurricane Irma blowing through right now, You and I can have our own personal hurricanes of life. When things get shaky and things get rocky, and this is the question, when life gets rough rough and rocky, where are your roots? When it's all swirling around you, where are your roots? At Christ the King, we have this mission. It talks about having experienced a joy of salvation. But it's more than just making a decision to follow Christ. It's actually walking in a purposeful life of discipleship. And that have that is mean you're willing to put your roots into Jesus. You're willing to spend some time with him, not just individually, but in community together. If you're feeling isolated alone, can I empower you that there's a portion of that, a majority of that even, it's your fault. 
You're like, man, it's, it's your fault. You choose. And it's sometimes you've got to work at these relationships, work at these relationships, but it's getting back to that place saying, God, I, I want you to be, I want to be rooted and established in your love. I love the scripture. It says in, 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 uh, in Psalms 1, it says, blessed is the one, and it says uh, a few verses on, it says, who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is a tree planted by streams of water, who yield its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither, who whatever they do prospers. Why do they prosper? Because they're planted and they're being nourished and watered by the word of God. God, every single day of our lives in relationship with one another in community, growing together along the way. Because if we're not growing, we're going to be dying. And, and on the process of that, we can be distracted. And that leads to the crowded soul. We live in the ADD world, don't we? So many things are fighting for our attention. I run into people all the time, and they, they, you ask them how they're doing, they go, busy. I didn't ask you what you're doing. I just asked it, how are you doing? Like, busyness is an emotion. Like, that's, there's something wrong with that in our world. But we do that because that's our identity. If you look busy or you say you're busy, that shows you're important. No, it doesn't. It shows other people out there, but not, not internally. You could, be, you could be successful out there, just be a failure inside your heart, right? It, it will crash at some point. People, people find hurry. When I was when I was doing my sabbatical and, and I, I chose, I made this discipline to drive in, the, drive in the slow lane on the freeway. Have you ever driven in the slow lane on the freeway? It's slow. People are slow. And I, I, I caught myself realizing this where like, how come there? And I realized I don't even have any place. I'm trying to go to the store. There's no timeline. And I get caught up. It's a, it's a disease that I have. Maybe you. Distractions. If the devil can't destroy you, they say he'll distract us away from what is most important. And Jesus makes this point. And he says this about this. He says, the seeds that fall among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, you've, if you've grown a vegetable garden, you know if you don't tend the weeds in your garden, the plants... The weeds grow bigger than your vegetable plants. He's saying you, if you're not taking care of the life, the worries of life can choke us out. And I find it pretty profound that Jesus talks about not only the problems, not only the worries and difficulties in our life that can choke us, it's also the good opportunities. He says the, the deceitfulness of wealth. And some of you today, today go, man, I'm not wealthy. No, you are wealthy. Because if you're having to deal with your stuff, you're wealthy. We all have stuff that we have. We don't sometimes even know what to do with the stuff. People that helped yesterday. How did we accumulate all this junk? It's easy in our life. We get so cluttered that we have to weed out. And here's the question. What do you need to weed out of your life that there's space for your soul to grow? You got to have some wiggle room a little bit so you can develop and grow. There's things for sure that are not good. There's things that are good but are not the best for you. Weed out the good and the best will help you grow internally in your life and not let anyone or anything crowd it out. And finally, if we, we get to this place as to having the cultivated soil. I want you to know I love to grow grass. Some of you are like, okay, what kind of grass do you like to grow? Well, it's legal now. So I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Because I, I think I have some... I tried that the first service. I will not say that again. People are just like, what? 
I think I have some like ancestry, uh, ancestry.com where it talks about like, uh, you know, like I think I'm from Linden actually. I have roots from Linden because I love green grass, right? But when I, but after the winter and everything, I noticed there's a lot of dead spots in my grass. And I tried to water, it didn't work. So I ripped out, you know, the grass and thatched and aerate, put the holes in it, and then put grass or, uh, seed, or uh, soil and then seed and watered it and watered it. And then my wife goes, hey, look at the water bill. I'm like, oh, I guess I won't water anymore. <laughs> so now it's brown again. How did that happen? And why is this? As much as I put all that effort in it, I have to continue to tend to it. And I tell you, it's the same thing with our, our soil of our soul. If we don't tend to it, don't cultivate it, it will it will diminish. And, and Jesus says this, though, the one who does, where the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Understands means to comprehend, to, to cultivate in us. If you don't understand God's word, find a way. Understand the word rather than one ear out the other. That's a great, wonderful verse to put on the wall. No, no, no. Is it cultivating your life? This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Listen, we can be information overload, overload. Are we cultivating the word of God in us on a daily basis? And here's the question with that is, are you growing daily or are you dying gradually? That is a, a daily, it's a choice. It, this decision to be the soul, we have soul responsibility care for the core of who we are it's, it's, it is up to us. Will you do that work daily, cultivating, nurturing your soul with God's word? Or will you just kind of let gravity take over? I believe if we want to grow, the first step of growth is say, God, I want to grow every day. I want your word to be planted in me. I want it to be cultivated and I want it to be nourished because that's what really, really truly matters is right here. I'd like our team to come as we wrap up today. As they do, preparing our last song together, I just want to talk about a real life person. His name's Horatio Staffold. He's a, he was a wealthy businessman who lost everything, everything possession-wise in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Had no insurance, lost most of his money. In 1873, he put his wife and four daughters on a on a ship to sail him back to England to live with relatives for a while. He had a son before, but he died of scarlet fever a few years before that. And all that he had, he sent away. And he, a few weeks back later, he got a telegram from his wife that said this, saved alone, what should I do? Come to find out that as they're sailing in the middle of the Atlantic, the, the boat sank and only his wife survived. The four daughters perished. Horatio got on the boat, middle of the Atlantic, where that's, as he passed over where his, his daughters, now all his children are, are dead. These words came into his heart. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like bill, sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. As we go to prayer, let me just ask a simple question. Is your soul well? Is your soul well? Will you bow with me and pray? 
as you take this time and opportunity as we wrap up, ask yourself that question. Is my soul well? Is it well with my soul? If not, why not? Is there a is there, is there a bin in your garage of your soul, your, your life that you need to deal with? Is it a relationship? Is it an issue? Is it a worry? Have you, put, have you put it somewhere else thinking I don't have to deal with it? And yet you know, God knows, it's affecting you. It's a broken relationship. It's an integral issue that's compromising who you are. Today is the day. This can be your reset Sunday. Say, God, I want to give that over to you. Will you help me with that, Lord? I want my soul to be well today. Someone come along and hurt you in a way that you've, you've protected yourself so much that you say, no, I, I, Lord, I, I, I'm hurt. Lord, I give, but I want to give that to you. Do that today. Has something choked you out? Like you, you actually now, like there's so much distraction for you that you even like, this is, this is like, oh my gosh, a wake up call for you. Good. Let it be. Before you go back into the whirlwind again, take this moment right now. Lord, I want my soul to be well. Lord, I, I've allowed so much to distract me away. The worries. I've cluttered myself with my own wealth, my own stuff that I'm doing. All good but not good because it's crowding my relationship with you. Is that you today? Is it possible that maybe here, you're here today, you're going, my soul is not well because I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I would die today, my soul would be in heaven today. I want to pray for you as well, that you make it right with God so your soul can be well. God, I come before you and I, we're all here in various different places and we all know that you have to do the soul search work. But Lord, you have to be the one that, that pinpoints what that is. And God, as you're speaking to people right now what it is, may they just give it up to you. May they surrender it to you. May they surrender that relationship, that thing, that addiction, that habit, that sin, Lord, that God, you would come and bring forgiveness. And not on top of that, you forgive us and cleanse us, but you bring healing, Lord. Heal our souls so that, Lord, we can be whole in you and we can be well today, God. I pray for those that we can go and in our wholeness, Lord, that we can help others find wholeness as well that only comes from your source and your strength. You are the breath of life for us, your spirit in us and through us. Lord, may we go in that empowerment and walk in that, Lord, not in our own power, not in our own strength, but your grace through your spirit to live out wholeness, Lord well in you, we pray in Jesus' name.